what we do uh, here in the Treasure Valley, and I think maybe sets us apart a little bit, is that we offer college-level lifelong learning. So who doesn't want to go back to college without the stress of, you know, tests and homework, none of which are a part of what we do. So it's all the learning just for the love of learning. Welcome to Idaho Speakeasy. I'm Mike Turner with Jared Cosby, and we're here on a mission to uncover and share the stories of Idaho's finest entrepreneurs, community leaders, local icons, and those who are impacting our community. Today in the Speakeasy, we have Rosemary Reinhardt, Executive Director of for the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute. She's here to tell us more about it. Welcome, Rosemary. Thank you. Okay, so... Um, we're going to get into what Osher is. Uh, well, in fact, let's just start off with that. Because <laughs> That's a good I, starting I, point. I think a lot of people are not sure what this organization is. So let's start off with what, how do you explain it? What, what is it? That's a great first question. I can tell you we are not OSHA, which we get calls <laughs> for the Occupational Health and Safety Institute or whatever that right. is I mean, occasionally. I actually slipped that on the, my wife this morning. It's like, oh, yeah, we interviewed someone from OSHA this morning, this afternoon. She's like, really? That's odd. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we are the OSHA Lifelong Learning Institute, and um, it's a membership-based lifelong learning program for people over 50. And we offer college-level short courses, lectures, and kind of unique learning opportunities. And uh, we operate out of Boise State. And it's called Osher because it's named after a man named Bernard Osher. And uh, he has a great story. <laughs> okay, well, let's we're gonna hold that thought because mm-hmm. we're going to come back to it, hear all about Osher. Um, what, what kind of courses, I mean, how is this different from other institutes or places to offer learning opportunities? Sure. Um, Well, what we do uh, here in the Treasure Valley, and I think maybe sets us apart a little bit, is that we offer college-level lifelong learning. So who doesn't want to go back to college without the stress of, you know, tests and homework, none of which are a part of what we do. So it's all the learning just for the love of learning. Mm. And our courses are taught by community experts, uh, Boise State University faculty and faculty from other universities in the area too. Some of our own members even teach courses. And um, so our programming is really driven by our members' curiosity. So what a person sees in our catalog is really reflective of what people are interested in right now with a few things thrown in for good measure. What are some of the more popular classes of late? Well, always history is the number one and most popular thing we offer and it really doesn't matter what it is a history of okay um i think that's one of those subjects that people uh don't have the time to dive into in their professional lives and to really take time to dive into the history of world war one with a college professor leading the way is just a great thing for people to engage in and um we have at boise state and in the area really fantastic history professors and so it's really something that we find people are really drawn to okay well and so um yeah let's talk about that because i think a lot of times you know the kind of the kind of people who are interested in taking these classes, right? So there's definitely there's a desire then for people mm-hmm. wanting to go to take these courses. Is that, is that what you're seeing? Is that is that's why this exists? Because there's this need for this, or there, there's this yeah. desire for this to happen? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the institute began because there were a group of 
uh, folks here from the community who were looking for things that they saw replicated at their own alma maters. But maybe they came out to Idaho 30, 40 years before that uh, from the East Coast. So particularly the lifelong learning program at Dartmouth University was one that inspired some of our community members about 15 years ago to say, you know what, they have a lifelong learning program. We should start one here at Boise State. And that's really how this happened. Hmm. And they worked uh, with the dean at the time of extended studies at Boise State. And they the first classes were held in people's homes. People met at the Flix movie theater, hmm. just, you know, back rooms at restaurants to just get together and uh, learn. And that evolved, and that was called the Renaissance Institute at that time. And then as Boise State got more and more invested in this program and could see its benefit and the way it was impacting people, uh, we got a home on campus, and we began to apply for grant funding from the Osher Foundation, and in 2007 changed our name from the Renaissance Institute to the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, which is sort of the deal that you make when you start to get some grant funding. Right. So, all right. So let's talk about. So they this, come to learn. <laughs> so let's talk about who this Osher guy is. Yeah. So what, what's that about? You know, Bernard Osher is a really interesting man who just turned 90 this year. Oh, so he's still living because a lot of times still living. it's like, a, okay, yeah, all right. His goal is to give away all of his wealth before he passes. Wow. He is a businessman and philanthropist. He uh, is the son of Lithuanian uh, Jews and grew up in southern Maine. He and his sister started World Savings Bank, and then I think it was around 1999 or so, they sold it to Wachovia, and he's also been a lifelong uh, lover of antiquities, and so he bought Butterfield and Butterfield Auction House, which was then later sold, he sold it to eBay. So this man has never had a problem creating wealth, but (laughs) all along the way has done good. And... In 1977, he started the Osher Foundation, which operates out of the Ferry Building in San Francisco. And his emphasis has been on arts and health in particularly California and Maine. But in the late 90s, he began to have more of a passion for lifelong learning. And that was kind of inspired by when he went to the funeral of one of his peers back in Maine. And when he was at the funeral, he saw these people he hadn't seen in years and he noticed that some of the people that he'd known when he was young were aging better than some of the other people who were there. And at the reception after the funeral, he began to talk to people and he found out that the people who were aging better and seemed healthier and just a little more relevant and more engaged had this one thing in common and it was that they were all taking classes in their retirement at the senior college at the University of Southern Maine. So just about any you know, college or university has kind of a lifelong learning program. Um, and that was their version there. So when he got home, he thought, you know, that was really meaningful to me. So he contacted the University of Southern Maine's president and said, you know, why don't you guys send me a proposal? This might be something I'd like to support. So they sent him a proposal for $50,000 to buy, I think, you know, like some classroom computers or something. And he gave them $2 million. (laughs) And that became the first Osher Lifelong Learning Institute. Wow. Wow. And now there are 121 at colleges and universities across America. Okay, that was going to be my next question. Like, Mm -hmm. how far? Far spread is this? So, yeah. so a lot. It's kind of mostly based in these universities and yeah. colleges. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so it's sort of like, you know, 
it just sort of caught fire, if you will. So he opened up a vein of his foundation to fund lifelong learning opportunities, and that's when our Renaissance Institute here at Boise State uh, caught wind of that, and my predecessor began to apply for some funding. And so we're now endowed um, by the Osher Foundation, okay. which really helps underwrite the cost of what we do. Mm-hmm. And what's the size of your program? I mean, how what how much participation do you have with it? We have uh, we just crossed the sixteen hundred member mark this weekend okay. or this week rather, and we have um, doubled in size in the last five years. Okay, wow. So the word is kind of out, and you know the they call it the silver tsunami. You know that aging of the baby boomers, <laughs> and um, it certainly hit the Treasure Valley. And so as people are looking for things to do in retirement, and for those people who have some proclivity for wanting to keep learning, um, then they find us, and we are happy to have them. And so anyone who's over fifty can mm-hmm. uh, participate. Yeah, we do have some people that are not yet fifty because I we was going to ask, yeah. <laughs> what, what is, I guess, fifty? Where does that? How did that number come about? Um, you know, that's a great question. I don't honestly know the origin of that cutoff, mm-hmm. other than that is how the Osher Foundation. Um, to set it up. Set it actually. up, but the Renaissance Institute had been set up that way as well. Okay. Um, I think it precedes by five years. What you know, like the AARP would call someone who's of retirement age sure. or something. Um, I think there were also studies done that show that that is um, a time when people need these kind of social engagement and lifelong learning opportunities because it's sort of a part of successful aging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned earlier that, uh, um, you, well, you have 1,600 members now, yeah. right? Is there a fee for them to join or a cost to them? Yeah, there is. But thanks to our being underwritten by the Osher Foundation, and we also do our own fundraising as well, but we, um, it's $70 to be a member for a year. That includes a parking pass at the university, which oh, is well, a big deal. Wow. No right? kidding. Just at our so. building only, yeah. and only for classes, not football games. <laughs> do you have your own building then? <laughs> we don't, but we do have really designated. wonderful designated space in the Yankee building, which uh-huh. is just off campus and uh, is just across from, you know, the Red Robin restaurant there. So, and, and then they yeah. can attend as many cl- courses as they want? or Yeah, well, we have, because of our growth, you know, there are wait lists for things. Sure. Um, it's a little bit like getting Rolling Stone tickets. The day we open registration, some things really? fill. And wow. so we people put themselves on wait lists, and that sort of helps us determine demand. And whenever possible, we'll try to duplicate that course that is full. Sometimes sure. we can do it within the same semester. Sometimes we have to do it the next semester, depending on the faculty member's availability. But... Um, yeah, they. we offer a series of lectures that are just one time for two hours, and we have about 14 of those each semester at no additional cost. And then we have um, numerous classes that people can take for an additional fee. We also have special interest groups. We do travel. We have... Um, uh, seminars and workshops coming up this fall. So there is, I would say our offerings are as varied as the interests of our members are. Okay, let's dig a little deeper on some of those offerings because Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned travel. What do you mean travel? Well, we partner with Road Scholar, formerly known as Elder Hostel, which is uh, something where they put together trips just for our Osher Institute members to travel together wherever they choose. We have a travel committee. We have 
about 140 volunteers heavily involved in our program who help us uh, keep things going. Mm -hmm. We're just a staff of three. And um, so we've been to Cuba. Um, We've got folks leaving next week for Charleston and Savannah for a lifelong learning trip where they'll learn about that part of the world and the Civil War. Right. Yeah. That's cool. And so you said some some of your courses are just like one one lecture, but some are like mm-hmm. a whole semester, potentially. Well, or they're short they? courses because this is what we know from our members is that they really, and again, it's sort of that the best part of learning, but unlike regular college, it's not a commitment of 16 weeks of a semester not, and homework and tests. Right. And there's, yeah, no finals, no <laughs> textbook to buy that, you know, makes you can't pay your rent that right. day. You're unable <laughs> to pay your rent like it was when we were in college. But um, so our average course is about four meets about four times so a total of eight hours okay and um yeah it can be on just about anything we just had a great course on politics and polarization taught by the dean of the school of public service that was phenomenal and really got people talking and thinking and it was so timely given what's happening right now in the world sure are most of the classes geared towards people who are retired, meaning they're during the day, or is it evenings, or is it a combination of the two? Yeah, the majority of our courses are offered during the day, okay. and again, that's kind of member-driven. They've got the time to right. be there, and um, then occasionally we'll have evening classes. We have a class starting tonight, in fact, um, and that's often driven by the instructor's availability. Sure. So, hmm. so Rosemary, we're speaking with Rosemary Reinhardt, the uh, executive director for the Osher um, Lifelong Learning Institute, and uh, so Rosemary. So, let's talk about you for a minute. All right, let's go back. <laughs> so, how, so what led up to you, you know, being in this role? Like, where? Uh, I understand you're from Boise. Is that right? I actually grew up in northern Idaho, but oh, I'm, or from yeah, Idaho, yeah, you're from Idaho. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's what I remember. Okay, yeah. so, so all right, what's the, how did you find yourself in this position? Like, what, 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 what's your backstory? Oh well, you know, it's funny because when this opportunity came up, I feel like. All of my professional paths, you know, roads had led to this opportunity. I feel like it's a perfect blend of things I've done in the past. Um, I uh, have a master's in arts management. And um, so, you know, 30 plus years ago, that was the degree for me because I was really, I had a background in theater and was really intrigued by the business side of the arts and nonprofit management. And, um, you know, 100 years later and kids and moving all over the country with my husband, uh, we came back to Boise about 17 years ago. And uh, then I began working, uh, doing fundraising and and working at the San Alfonso's Foundation. And then I, um, someone found out I had a background in theater and I ended up as the director of marketing at the Idaho Shakespeare Festival. Okay for a period of time, and then went to Boise State, where I worked actually for Dr. Kustra for several years. And then um, this opportunity came up, and I love it because it reminds me of, uh, there's a creativity to it in uh, starting with an idea and then trying to find the people that we need to gather in order to make this idea a reality and then having it come to fruition where people actually come and connect with it. So um, that's something I... I'm good at. It's something I really enjoy, and I'm just constantly struck by the talent we have here in Boise, and um, our own members are just a testament to the kind of people that make up our city, too. Sure. They're really interesting people. So um, I'm not an expert on aging. I'm not an academic. I've always <laughs> been an administrator. And um, so I'm kind of a generalist, which I found that particularly in higher ed, which I've worked in a lot, um, is a great place to be when you're in a world of experts, you know. So mm. it has really served me well professionally. Mm. 
Well, was, so you, the director of, of marketing at Iowa Shakespeare, mm-hmm. what, what was that like? I think that uh, uh, it's a. What did you learn at, at that course, you know, at that position? Well, you know, I was there for about a year mm-hmm. um, and uh, when this opportunity to go back go to uh, the university came along and that was a tough decision Um, ISF has been a great program in this community forever and Mm -hmm. the people who work there and the leadership there is phenomenal Mm -hmm. Uh, for me it was great because when I grew up in Idaho and studied theater in undergraduate school if that was your path you had to leave the state in order to go find a Mm -hmm. job and the Morrison Center didn't exist. Sure. Uh, the Shakespeare Festival was just a, you know, kind of a, um, a band of mm-hmm. gypsies performing <laughs> outside of a restaurant, you know. Um, so for me, that was a thrill to find that there was not just ISF, but BCT. And, you know, the Philharmonic was thriving and the ballet. And um, it, it just was a really great time to be there. And I loved it. And um, it's a collaborative opportunity. Mm-hmm. The community supports it, and so um, being a big fan of the arts, like I am, it was really a thrill. So, um, getting back to Osher, um, let's talk. I want to learn a little bit more about your. Um, well, some of the stories about some of the people who participate with it, sure, or of the people that are taking advantage of this great program. Yeah. Um, so, as I mentioned, we uh, have sixteen hundred members currently, and um, the average age is sixty-five to sixty-nine. And I'll try not to be too boring with my statistics, but our range <laughs> is about fifty to ninety-four. And um, we are two-thirds women and a third men, which is interesting that that is the case for every Osher Institute. Really, out there. isn't oh, that weird? That yeah, it is. And um, there are a lot of theories, but no one studied it to determine why. Not to be morbid, but is it because men die first? Well, that <laughs> is that's the that's thought. One, that's one um, of the theory. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so I mean, if I had to venture a guess, I would say that might be a contributing factor. But I also think that um, you know, women might be. A little more apt to join things, you know, sure. than than men, and uh, so a little bit more yeah. of a free spirit than some of my my colleagues out there. They try to recruit more men, so they have things like John Wayne festivals. Oh, really? Like that, which shows the... an uptick in men for a, just that semester. Yeah. Then when they right. go back to normal programming, it kind of retreats again. Uh, that's too funny. What are some of your bigger challenges uh, as you, you know, as, as you're in this role as executive director, what do you find is your biggest challenge today? Really managing the challenges of our success. Um, growth. And, yeah, growth. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a finite amount of space at the university. Right. Uh, we are lucky in that we have really well-appointed classrooms. Um, we have an excellence fund, and our members do contribute to that, so it helps us, you know, stay relevant with equipment and classroom space and that kind of thing. Um, the Boise is a desired location for people to retire. You know, you don't have to look very far, and you right. guys know exactly what I'm talking about, that this is the place to be these days. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, um Word of mouth is our biggest form of marketing. We don't spend a lot of money on marketing because we have a very tight budget. And it's friends who say, oh, my gosh, I just took this great class. You should come. We've got members who keep our catalogs in their golf bags, in their purses, in their cars, (laughs) in their bike baskets. And they're constantly out there evangelizing on our behalf, which is great because they really want to uh, get their friends involved. And that has been remarkable. Um, I'd say 
easily a couple of times a month, I will have people come in our office who say, oh my gosh, can I get a catalog? We just moved here from Pittsburgh or Cleveland or California. And we were so happy to find out that uh, there was okay. an Osher Institute here or a lifelong learning program. And that was one of the reasons we decided to move here. Really? We have been, Boise that is, has been on top 10 lists, you know, in oh, Money Magazine, yeah. Kiplinger's, Forbes. And the fact that we have a thriving arts scene and a performing arts center that shows Broadway shows, mm -hmm. that we have a lifelong learning institute and a metropolitan campus are really big reasons why we make those top 10 lists. Those are actually criteria for some of those lists for mm -hmm. um, those, those publications. So I think that's interesting. It is, yeah. And uh, so just keeping up with also the intellectual hunger of our members. I mean, they're so well-rounded and so interested in so many things that, um, you know, they wanted a course on artificial intelligence. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm on it. Let me see what I can so find. So you get quite a, you get a uh, kind of a pretty good feedback from the, yeah. the students there on what's kind of coming, what, what you should what be doing. Yeah. And we, we operate about six months in advance. So it's a little hard sometimes to time everything perfectly. Right. But, you know, the politics and polarization class I mentioned that we just finished is a good example of that. You know, people saw how discourse was changing and, mm -hmm. and things are getting a little volatile. Yeah. It was so, timely. <laughs> yeah. And um, sometimes I can look right to Boise State to find those experts. Sure. If a faculty member is available, they're very busy people. Mm -hmm. um, other times I find those experts within our community. Um, occasionally, we will have experts that will come in from out of state because maybe their daughter or son lives here, and that works out really right. great for us. So, Piggyback on that, yeah. Yeah. I was just actually like perusing your catalog, <laughs> where, and it is amazing all the different things that you are looking for. Is, is this a, is this is available online as well? It is, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's at, uh, um, well, I have it right here, right? It's this Osher... Dot. dot dot edu is right. where you can go to yep. find this okay mm -hmm. and so i like you know of course there's you mentioned lots of history classes i'm seeing that too um but it's even stuff from like uh the history going on in boise and things yeah. like that that looks really cool and then you know a really wide range and, and then of course like i'm seeing stuff like hiking in the foothills and uh conversational Spanish and you know just the, <laughs> the, the range of topics yeah. is and uh, those last two that you mentioned are special interest groups which yeah. are one of my favorite parts of what we do because they are for their member led and so they're for people who might have a certain affinity uh, for something. And so our conversational Spanish special interest group, we call them SIGs for short because we're so hip. <laughs> <laughs> but that was begun because um, there were members, you know, a lot of people took high school Spanish or maybe professionally they use Spanish, you know, in their lives. And now maybe they're retired and they're not speaking it as much mm -hmm. or maybe they're prepping for a trip and they want to brush up on their Spanish. So this group meets regularly just to speak Spanish to each other. And that's just a volunteer group. And um, anybody can join it as long as you have, you know, a certain aptitude in Spanish. Um, we have uh, foreign films at the Flix group that likes to get together and watch foreign films at the flicks and then talk about it afterward. Huh. And, um, and you know, I mentioned earlier that lifelong, age, uh, lifelong learning is a really big part of successful aging. And so there's social engagement is another part of that. And so these special interest group do allow people to get together and engage. So, um, and we've had a lot of courses that have turned into special interest groups. Like we had a memoir writing course that 
evolved into a group. Well, actually, we have several special interest groups of people who get together to practice writing and sharing their writing with one another and just to keep that exercise, right. that muscle exercised. So Yeah, if you don't have homework, so yeah. you, you got to create your own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I see, I see in the back of your catalog that there's a... Some financial scholarships available. How do those work? Yeah, well, the um, we people can participate regardless of their ability to pay. So, if someone um, is on a fixed income and can't afford to be a member, we'll waive their membership fee. And I think I mentioned earlier, it's seventy dollars for a year or thirty-five dollars for a semester. So we waive that fee, and then it provides them all the benefits of membership and access to up to three classes for half price. And um, that makes a big difference. And we have um, several people on scholarship who do take part, which is great. And again, mm. a lot of that's made possible by our Excellence Fund and by the underwriting by the Osher Foundation. They give us a million dollars with that first endowment gift. And then we received, see, I applied for a grant uh, two years ago in March, and we received our second million dollar endowment. So that helps considerably. It pays off a portion to help cover the cost of our expenses. I was going to say, if that heaven forbid happened to go away it would yeah. it would be devastating um yeah but that's the nice thing about an endowment it can't go away okay. so that corpus of that money is invested and held at the boise state university foundation it is. Okay. and pays off a certain amount each year for us to help underwrite our costs and it, even since we were the renaissance institute we've never raised our fees that's great so it's pretty great um what kind of do you, are you guys far what far as volunteers go mm-hmm. um what kind of do you have volunteers? Do you yeah. need volunteers? How, how, does that, how does that part work? Well, we have sort of, um, depending on the person's interest level, we have really high-level volunteer commitments for people who serve on our advisory board. Mm-hmm. We have four curriculum committees that are divided up by programming, and um, they really help uh, drive what we offer. And so there's an arts and humanities curriculum track. There's a science and technology curriculum track. And and then uh, health and wellness and uh, natural sciences and then kind of every other topic that wasn't in those first three I mentioned is track four. And um, those folks are often from those backgrounds, have the professional backgrounds affiliated with those areas, and so they help work their own networks to help us find experts. So that utilizes about 40 volunteers right there on those committees. Wow. And then we have people who can serve as a greeter, for classes, we have folks who are on our marketing committee who the second the catalog comes out, come and pick up bundles and put them in their car and distribute them all over town, which is a huge help. Mm. Um, but they just do that twice a year. Um, and uh, so they're just a variety of, of um, more in-depth commitments and then lesser commitments like greeting. All right. Well, we're running out of time. So okay. I'm going I'm to ask you one last question. Mm-hmm. And that is... Uh, where do you hope to see this go? I mean, you got, you got a lot of programs going. Like, what's your vision that you hope to, you know, OSHA will go here locally? Gosh, if I had to, you know, rub the genie's lamp, I would say that, you know, if we were going to meet the growth in the community, it would be awesome to have, you know, our own building and just right. unlimited resources to experts and have us just expand on the sense of community that we're able to provide our members now. And uh, there is a University of Asheville, a University of North Carolina, Asheville is sort of the gold standard for lifelong learning and Osher Institutes. And they have their own building and they have yoga classes and they've got it. It's like a rec center for lifelong learners. And it's Mm -hmm. pretty fantastic. And if we could duplicate something like that in Boise, I think that'd be fantastic. 
Wow, that does sound really <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm really impressed just from the, what I learned today about Thanks. all the things that you guys are doing. And uh, for people who want more information about uh, the Osher, um, just go to, you can find more information, osher.boisestate.edu. Um, we've been speaking with Rosemary Reinhardt. She is the executive director of Osher Lifelong Learning Institute. Thank you so much for coming in. It's been uh, really awesome learning about this great community builder opportunity that is available for, um, you know, what's, what's what people like to call themselves? You said the well, we really don't use senior citizens, right? Much, uh, right. So we like seasoned adults or yeah. vintage okay. adults is one that my <laughs> program coordinator likes to use. You <laughs> said silver tsunami earlier. I was, I was a little shy about repeating that one, but yeah. you know that one's well, kind of cool too. Well, you read that in magazines all the time. I didn't invent that, that's for sure. But anyway, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate the yeah, opportunity. Thanks, Rosemary. Thank thanks. you, Rosemary.